Amen? Amen. It's so good when you show up to church and Jesus is in the room. <laughs> it's awesome. Maybe Just me. Cool. I love when I show up to church and the presence of God is in the room. Some of you are wondering what that feels like. This is what it feels like, <laughs> where he just speaks to you. It's a still, small voice, and he just speaks, and he tells you and he, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, he's for you and not against you. Amen? I'm going to preach a message this morning, right? And I'm just giving a disclosure here at the front end. I'm going to be a little bit ener- filled with energy this morning, okay? I'm, what, I'm, I'm really, there's, there's moments when I, I preach a message, if some of you have been coming to Oasis where um, oftentimes most of you are like, he's got a lot of energy, he's got a lot of passion. It's true, but this morning, I have extra, <laughs> so bear with me, he's so extra. Um, this morning, I'm going to be extra, so it's going to be awesome, and I, I, my prayer has been all week, um, and actually, I, I mentioned this passage at a prayer meeting not too long ago on a Wednesday night, and when I spoke it, um, it was just really pressed on me that this is the message that needs to be preached uh, leading up to Vision Sunday as a preparation for our church of where we're going to go this year, amen, of where you're going to go in life, amen. This message this morning, if you walk out of here, all I'm asking, my prayer, I'm not asking, my prayer is that you will walk out of here with your faith fueled. Catch that? That your faith, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this morning you are going to walk out these doors and your faith is going to be overflowing for what Jesus has in store for you. Amen? So we're going to get after it this morning. I'm going to preach out of, a, out of Mark chapter 9. This message is entitled, What If? What If? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Mark 9. If you have your smartphones, go ahead and open those up too. Don't be checking Instagram. We got cameras in here. We're watching and judging. Everyone just looked around. Swear, everyone was just like this. Swear I just saw at least 10 people just like, really? We don't. But God has cameras. <laughs> and I speak to God. And he talks to me and tells me a lot of things. It's awesome. Mark 9, verse 14. What if? What if? What if? It's a crazy passage of scripture, right? This is a crazy story. Just follow with me. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to be amazing. You with me? Say, I'm with you. Here we go. When they came to the other disciples, pause. Jesus and some disciples were away from his other disciples. So when they, they're talking about Jesus and a few other of his disciples. Cool? Cool. They saw a large crowd around them. And the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about with them, he asked. I love Jesus. You know why? His questions, the way he phrases them in scripture is awesome. Please read the Bible this way. He knows why they're arguing. (laughs) What are you arguing about with them? He already knows. (laughs) A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Can you hear the desperate cry of a father seeing a child go through something like this? I I asked, I asked your disciples, the, the, the boys, the homies that have been with you, that have done Miracles alongside you. I I asked your disciples to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. And then Jesus responds. And let me just say this. Jesus isn't talking 
to this man. He's talking to the whole crowd, the religious folks and the disciples. You with me? He says this, oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? Because he's leaving soon. He's going to die on a cross, be raised again three days later, and he's going to ascend back to heaven. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the Spirit saw Jesus, not the Spirit of God, the Spirit that was within the young boy, when the Spirit saw Jesus, which was evil, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Great story. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. What a sight. Right? I don't know too many of you that have seen that before. If you have, wow. Right? But could you imagine being in that crowd, seeing this happen, and Jesus shows up on the scene? Hello. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Once again, he already knows. From childhood, he answered. From childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, this is the verse, but if you can do anything, if you can do anything, he's talking to Jesus. If you can do anything, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. <laughs> Jesus. If you can. That's how I read this. Like Jesus kind of giving him that. If you can. Look, you know when someone asks you a question and you're kind of caught off. If you can. So Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Come on. Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and then came out. Because where Jesus is, evil can't stand. Where Jesus is, powers of darkness can't hold you. Where Jesus is invited, nothing can separate you from the love of God. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, He's dead. I would have said the same thing. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, because that's how good a father he is. He took him by the hand, and he lifted him up to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus has gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Could you imagine the deflated spirit within the disciples, the 12 that he called, commissioned specifically? Could you imagine? They were just in an argument. They were commissioned by Jesus to go do this. Are you guys with me on this? This is a beautiful story. Uh, why? Why couldn't we, Jesus? He replied, very simply, this kind can only come by prayer. This kind, this kind can come out only by prayer. Jesus, this is your word. I pray in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that the way that you put it in me, it will come out this morning that I will be sensitive to what you have to say. Father, open up hearts, open up ears, open up minds to receive, God. We pray for people the way that they walked in here, they will be changed the moment they walk out of here. God, they will leave things at your feet. They will walk in freedom this morning. They will know that nothing is impossible for Jesus Christ. We ask this in the name above everybody, in, in the name above every name, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. And everybody says, come on, church. What if, gentlemen, in the room. Young and old. 
I've learned a few things in life. A few things. I'm only 30. I'm not that old. I haven't learned everything. But I've learned a few things in life within a variety of different areas of my life. Like, for instance, construction. I've learned a lot of things in that area. I've learned a lot about sports. I've learned a lot about business. I've learned a lot of things in life. But (laughs) this is a word of advice for all you single men. I have learned a lot of things when it comes to marriage in the short three years and a couple months that we have been married. To my beautiful wife who's sitting there this morning. She is awesome. She makes this happen. Let me just say that. She is the brains behind this whole thing. Love her to death. I'm just going to brag about my wife. You all cannot. I'm going to. I love you, babe. I've learned a few small things when it comes to marriage, right? After graduation, uh, being at the university, I, I lived with three roommates. Guys, boys. It was a boy's apartment. We were men, but we were boys. Can you imagine that? I, I learned quickly that, that there, was, there was just a, a rule that was set, you know, kind of those rules that you don't write down, but it's just you know. You know that there was rules in place. And those rules were, it was preconditioned rules. Like, for instance, hey, if I'm going to take the trash out today, bros, you're going to scrub the bathroom, bros, right? Those types of things were happening. I learned that that's how this was going to operate for the next four years of my life. Hey, if I am going to pick up milk this week, then one of you is going to pick up the chicken and rice because that's all we could afford to eat, milk, chicken, and rice. It was awesome. We have arrived, babe. We're on to chicken, rice, and Brussels sprouts. But I knew that that was the condition. If you do this for me, then I will do something for you, right? I have learned in marriage, (laughs) this is free advice, that that is not how this works. (laughs) I walked into marriage thinking, if I do something for my wife, she'll do something for me. If I buy my wife a pair of shoes, because many of you know that I'm a, a shoe freak, I will then get a pair of shoes. No! (laughs) There was no, what if I do this for you, are you going to do this for me? There's no preconditions when it comes to marriage. I serve my wife because I'm just going to serve her. Hello. Husbands, serve your wives just because they're your wives and you love them. Ladies in the place, do the same thing. You guys do it all the time. You're awesome. High five women. But preconditions, this is unfortunately the human condition. This is unfortunately the way we operate sometimes, that if you do something for me, then I will what? Do something for you. If you scratch my back, I will scratch your back. If, 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 what if, what if? See, this is how we as believers, unfortunately as the church, this is how we operate. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Can we just all come to grips that we do this, right? God, if you give me that job, I will give back to the church. If you give me that spouse, I will then stop going to the club. Hello. If you do this for me, God, then I will serve you. If you do this, then I will do it. If you do this, then I will do it. I'm in this boat with you. We're all swimming together today. Come on. This is us, right? This is the the nature of us. God, if you call me to step out in faith, I will do it. But if you don't help me through it or if I get knocked, then hey, you know what? I'm retreating. 
We have preconditions when it comes to Jesus Christ. And the power of his spirit. We put preconditions on the power of Jesus Christ all the time. Oh yeah, I do it all the time. Hey Jesus, if you come through for me, I'll surrender everything. Hey Jesus, if you come through for me, I'll serve you forever. Just me this morning. If, Jesus, you come through for me, I will love you forever. If, Jesus, you heal my family member, then I will give you praise. How about you start praising Jesus in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the person being sick, and then watch Jesus do the miracle? Hello? It's not if. Hey, if, God, if you heal my family member, I'll praise you. I'll praise you publicly. I'll get on a rooftop of Chicago, and I'll scream your name if you do this. If you do this, if, we live so much in the preconditioned faith instead of the supernatural anticipation of Jesus wanting to move on our behalf, faith. We live in the preconditioned faith of Jesus instead of living in the anticipation full of faith, ready to go, I'm going to do this because Jesus is with me in this and nothing is impossible with him, faith. Not the what if. If, Jesus, you can heal my son, if, Jesus, you can do what you've promised you said you would do, we're like this. I'm like this. If, and only if. What if? (laughs) What if today, in the city of Chicago or wherever you're from, what if today God in heaven is looking down today Saying, hey, is there anybody in 2018 that's filled with faith, that's overflowing with faith for what I'm going to do here in this city? What if 2018 looks different than 2017 because we have a church that is erupting with people that are filled with faith? Not what if, not if God you do it, but God I'm expecting and I'm believing and I'm going to praise you for it. What if in 2018 Jesus is looking from heaven saying regardless of what's going around there are still people that are praising, there's still people that are giving glory, there's still people that are serving the church, giving their time to the church, no matter if the church has used them, abused them in the past, no matter what, they're going after it, they're going after people. What if, Oasis? Oh, I'm preaching this morning. Because this is going to take you from just living complacent to living in the abundant life of Jesus Christ. If you're sitting in this room complacent this morning in your faith, you're basically dead. Complacency is death in my opinion. Satan will just put a little bit of complacent thoughts in you and you will be dead. If he can just just sick and placing. He knows then. He knows that he cannot, that God will not be able to use that person. See, the what if questions, it makes us complacent. It holds us back from the supernatural anticipation, faith-filled lives that God has called us to live. You with me this morning? Overcoming the symptoms of the if. <laughs> There's a symptom. It's the ifs. What do you have today? I have the ifs. Huh? I don't understand. No, I have the ifs. New symptom. I, I, 
was sick last week. This is a side story. I was sick last week with my wife. We were held captive in our home for a week and a half with the flu, praise the Lord. And we were sick, and I sent a talk-to-text message. Anybody like talk-to-text? I'm not allowed to text and drive anymore because my wife loves me so much that she said don't do this. So I use the talk-to-text, right? And sometimes I don't read the talk-to-text things. So I told someone that I had the dog game fever sickness. What I said was I have the stinking flu. The guy sent me a text back. At, true story. He was serious. He said, I've never heard of that type of flu. I said, me neither, but I got it. (laughs) Anyways, overcoming the symptom of the if, we have to tackle a few things. You want to be a faith-filled person. Who in the room wants to see the abundant life of Jesus Christ for your life and be able to step out of your room, step out of your house every single day and start to walk in faith? Well, you're just charismatic, JP. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Some of you, unfortunately, that's the, that's the, oh, you guys are just crazy. You're lifting your hands in worship. You're just singing out loud. You're just praising a God. What is wrong with you? Can you just chill out? No, I don't want to chill out. You know why? Because Jesus died for me. And at the end of the day, that's all that I'm going to serve. So I don't care what you think or what people may think. I'll walk through the streets of Chicago saying hello to people, loving people, praising God, because I want to be somebody that is looked at on my grave and says, that man was filled with faith. So whatever you want to believe, cool. (laughs) But if you want to come along with us called Oasis Church Chicago, you want to come along Jesus Christ and what he has for you, we got to tackle the ifs. And there's some things that we need to look at. Three things. The first is this. When Jesus moves, are you in the crowd arguing? (laughs) Or are you in the crowd anticipating? Hello. Verse 14 through 15 says this. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them. Jesus sees the crowd. And the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the other people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. You got two different types of people here. You got people arguing and you got people filled with anticipation. You ever been caught in the middle of an argument between two people? Oh, I have. It's kind of fascinating at times. I'm sure people have said that about me and my wife when we have tiffs. We don't call them argument. We call them tiffs because we have awesome marriage. It's beautiful. But we just have tiffs, right, babe? Tiffs. No, we really do have arguments at times. Praise the Lord. We're normal. Oh. But have you ever been caught in a moment where somebody is arguing with the other person and you're sitting there going, this is fascinating. This is me. I watch it. I watch the dynamics start to happen. I watch the way that the one person flails their arms and the other person just stands there like this, like defending themselves. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch people argue (laughs) because oftentimes the arguments are so stupid. (laughs) And they walk away going, why were we just fighting? I don't understand. That's 99% of marriages and the fights that have happened in marriages. Why were we fighting again? I don't remember. But it's always interesting for me to watch people argue. See, here's the thing about what I believe for 2018 and where this church is going. Better yet, the church, capital C, because we love the church, capital C, here in Chicago. This isn't just Oasis changing the city. This is the church changing the city. You're the church. Amen? But you know what I really believe is happening here in the city of Chicago? People are watching us. People outside of these walls, we're not exclusive. This isn't a VIP club, right? It never will be. All are welcome to come, no matter who you are. But people are watching. They're watching us. 
They're watching the church, and they're watching the church, and they're seeing, hey, church, are you going to be the ones arguing? Are you going to be that group of people that's sitting there arguing? Are you going to be those people that are out in the streets filled with anticipation and faith, actually doing stuff? So what group do we need to be a part of if we're going to overcome the what? The if. What group? It's a question for you. I can't change you. I don't want to. But I'm going to pose a question like, do you want to be in the crowd arguing or do you want to be in the crowd anticipating? I, I believe that, that we as a church, we're not going to be caught in the crowds of arguing in 2018. No, I, I, let me just teach for a second if you call this home. We're, we're not going to be caught in this nonsense of going back and forth in this world today. There are real issues out there today in the city, in this world, and we are going to fight injustice. We're going to fight people that are bro- for, for people that are broken. We're going to fight for things and things and things that Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. We're going to fight against racism. We're going to fight against hate. We're going to do all of those things, right? Amen? If you go to church, you better say amen. <laughs> I say that with a smile. But we are not going to get caught up in pointless arguments. We are not going to put our pearls before swines for people to see because we are giving in to the arguments. The people arguing, who were they? The teachers of the law. You know who they were? The religious folk. The men that were in charge of the people of Israel, the people of that time, the religious leaders were the ones arguing. And who were they arguing with? The disciples. You know, I don't know why, because the disciples were walking in power. They were walking in authority. They were walking in the grace and the calling of Jesus Christ on their life. So guess what? If you come and you feel Jesus and you live with Jesus and you walk with Jesus and you got the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, guess what? People aren't always going to like you. Encouraging word number five for Oasis Church Chicago in 2018. I'm full of them. You may have people that that don't agree with you. You may have people uh, on the L or in an Uber that you start to tell them about and talk with them about Jesus, and they're like, stop talking to me. I don't want to hear this. Thanks. And it's not worth us trying to beat them or trying to argue with them. It's not worth us sitting around a coffee table arguing with other Christians. It's not worth the time, and it's not worth the energy, because while you're arguing, you're missing out on the miracles that could be happening. Hello. You with me? If we sit here and just argue over stuff, stuff. I've been in church world all my life, regardless of I was serving Jesus or not. When I lived with my parents, I had to go to church. I sat in the back, <laughs> tried to fall asleep. <laughs> Didn't happen too often. But as I've been in the world of church and Church people, I, I've seen more than ever, we're quick to argue. They're quick to saying, stop, stop. Hey, hey, why don't we just stop right here because we're in the middle of Chicago where it's broken and in need. You know Jesus? Yeah, cool. I know Jesus, cool. You believe he died on a cross? Cool. I believe he died on a cross? Cool. He rose again three days? Cool. Me too, cool. Let's just stop arguing. Let's just pray. Huh. Let's go serve the homeless person that's sitting there while we're sitting here in our nice jackets and cool Chelsea boots while they're homeless and sleeping on the streets. No, I'm serious. This is a conviction in my heart, deep within my heart. We want to argue. We want to argue about what's going on in the city and churches. We want to argue what's going on in the faith world. How about we stop arguing and start living in faith and anticipation for what God has called us to do?
You want to be a faith-filled person. But you know what arguing comes from? Fear. Or do you want to be a fear-based person? Perfect love. Remember this. Cast out all fear. I have no idea whose water this is. Cheers, but I'm taking it. I'm sick. I'm so, I, need, I feel like I have a frog in my throat. I never drink water during messages, but I need to right now. Praise the Lord. Second thing is this. Is this encouraging you? Second thing is this. When Jesus moves, what Satan tries to kill, Jesus comes to give life. If you can get over the ifs, right, you can stop arguing and start anticipating. Anticipating God to move mountains. Anticipating God to speak life. Anticipating God to do it again, what he's always done, which is do miracles, which is do signs, which is to pour out his grace. If you can come to the resolve deep within your heart and in your spirit that what Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came to give life and life abundant. So in that, we're not going to have a faith that can be shaken. 2018, we need some people that their faith cannot be shaken. Is life going to hit you? It hits everybody. Does it hit it the same way as everybody? No, but everybody gets hit by life. The difference between a Christian that is going to be faithful and a Christian that's not, when life hits, you don't get shaken. You may get rattled, right? You may get rattled, but you don't get shaken. And I believe overcoming the ifs, we need to know this. We need to understand this. I'm fascinated by boxers. Boxing. I don't condone boxing. I don't, I don't really care. They choose to go in that ring and fight each other and beat each other up. It's kind of weird, but awesome. But I'm fascinated, right? Have any of you ever been hit in the nose? <laughs> Some of us. You know what happens when you get hit square in the nose? Your eyes immediately swell up with water. You can't see straight. Recently, he's sitting in here. We were playing catch before our softball game, and I was not paying attention. I, I let it be known. I'm just going to confess it. I just was not able to catch the ball. I see him back there. And that softball, 12-inch softball, racked me straight in the nose this summer. Some of you came to church this summer, and you saw this big old red mark and crooked nose. Yeah, I broke my nose. It was awesome. <laughs> I couldn't see straight. I was, like, down on the count. I was like this. Everyone's like, you good? I was like, yeah. Honestly, I saw seven of them. Like, there was one of them, I saw seven. I, you, you get hit in the nose, it hurts, right? But these boxers get in the ring, and they keep hitting each other in the nose, in the jaw, in the ribs, in the stomach. They're nuts, right? I, I've talked to boxers. I've said, doesn't that hurt? They're like, yeah, it hurts. Like, stupid question, JP. I'm like, oh, okay, I was just making sure. I, I couldn't tell. You guys just do it so easy. Like, it's like, oh, I get hit in the face, I'm back. Oh, I get hit in the face, I'm back. And I, I think about this when it comes to the life of believers. See, what happens in the life of believers is Satan hits you one time and you fall flat on your back. And you're like, I'm done. Woo, that one hurt. <laughs> that one stung too much. And I'm on my back now and Jesus, you didn't protect me from getting hit, so I'm done. You know what's cool about falling on your back? You can get back up. What's cool about when you fall on your back, you can get back up. When you fall on your stomach and your face, nine out of ten times, it's not good. I've been knocked out on my face. Somebody has had to pick me up. But when I fall on my back, usually you can get up and start walking. See, Satan wants to knock you on your face. But Jesus said, uh-uh, I'll let you get knocked down to grow you, to challenge you, to shape you a little bit more because you're going to have trials of many in this life. But hey, guess what? Take heart. I've overcome them all. Praise the Lord. You can give a little praise and shout to Jesus for that promise. But when you get 
knocked.